At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Sadenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network, always on Twitter, at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Uh, we have certainly a final week of Major League Baseball prior to the All-Star Games. Everyone's excited about that. NBA Summer League ongoing and you know, waiting on uh, any possible trade of Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving and now Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz. But uh, we got some football news here. On Tuesday, Baker Mayfield introduced as a member of the Carolina Panthers and apparently, well, this is just what they're saying, uh, at least what general manager Scott Fitterer is saying, is that it's going to be an open competition between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold for the starting quarterback job. Here's what the general manager said here on Tuesday, quote, The reason why we added Baker was to make the group better as a whole. Sam is very much a part of this competition. I think they're both going to rise and play their best football they have. Yeah. I don't think this is an open competition because I don't think you make this trade without... Baker Mayfield being your starting quarterback. I don't think Baker takes the pay cut and comes to a new team without being the starting quarterback. And with all due respect to Sam Darnold, he was not good. And he has clearly been a bust at the NFL level. Did, did Has he had moments? Absolutely. He's had moments. And uh, I keep bringing it up. The first three games of last season, Darnold was playing good football. Threw for over 300 yards. He had the rushing touchdowns. They were 3-0. and And then everyone, you know, jumped on the uh, Panthers in that week four game against the Cowboys, right? The spread was going down. People were betting on the Panthers. But looking at this team now, and I, I don't buy into any, well, it could be a, a situation where... Um, uh, Sam Donald's familiar with the offense. It, it, it's a new offense. Like Ben McAdoo comes in as the new offensive coordinator, and Joe Brady's not there anymore. So it's not necessarily a similar, you know, same system. It they're both coming in on level playing field, learning 
Ben McAdoo's offense. So I just think Baker, while they say it's an open competition, I think it's Baker's job to lose. And I don't think he loses it. I don't think he loses it. I think Baker gets the job done, will be the starting quarterback for this team, and I can see a scenario where Sam Darnold is not on this team anymore. And maybe that's unfair to Sam Darnold. But I think once Baker gets the starting job, Darnold could be dealt to a team that needs a backup. Because the Panthers drafted Matt Corral in the third round, I think he serves as the primary backup. I don't think you have Matt Corral as the third stringer and then he doesn't suit up for games. And you know, maybe that could be the case. Maybe it could be like a red shirt type thing. But more realistically, I think it's going to be Baker as the starting quarterback, Matt Corral as the backup, and we see Sam Darnold on a team that maybe has a quarterback that goes down in the preseason. Or maybe just a team that is looking to bolster their quarterback room by bringing in a backup that has starting experience at the NFL level, which Sam Darnold has. Um, Baker spoke to the media, and he said that, um, quote, uh, talking about Sam Darnold, it's going to be special, and I think we're going to help each other out quite a bit. Okay. Um, He said that... uh, Nobody, obviously, has the mentality of being a backup. They want to come in and start, obviously. And he said that um, his journey from Texas Tech to Oklahoma is kind of what he's going through now, where he has to kind of not reinvent himself, but start over and fight for a job and, you know, learn and... Catch up to catch up to speed. Quote, the timeline is different in this case. Uh, he said that he's already done a lot of cramming before he officially received his playbook here on Tuesday. And um, I just think that Baker, uh, quote, um, well, here he's talking about the situation with Cleveland. That's okay. Quote for me, it was about the next steps forward and finding a new place, somewhere that wanted me, somewhere where I would go and compete. And that's the thing. I don't think he he does this. I don't think the Panthers do this. Uh, Look at those odds. Who's going to start in week one? I mean, come on. Baker Mayfield starting in week one for the Carolina Panthers. And... He's going to start the rest of the season. If you told me that maybe Darnold starts week one and then Baker takes over, I would say, all right, possibly, but I still don't even think that's the case. I think it's more likely that Sam Darnold's not on this team than Sam Darnold starts week one. I'll give you that. More likely he doesn't. He's not on the team rather than him playing in week one. 
I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. As far as the uh, other side of that trade, you know, the Cleveland Browns, as far as Deshaun Watson is concerned, it's interesting where we're at right now um, because today was supposed to be the due date, if you will, for all of the uh, briefs and all of the, the everything to be handed in to the judge, Robinson, who is now going to review all the documents and make a decision. So everything was wrapped up, handed in here on Tuesday, and now she's going to decide in the next couple of days or in the next week or so what the punishment, if any, is going to be for Deshaun Watson. Now, remember the process. The At any time, there can be a settlement. So they could decide, you know, either side wants to say, all right, you know what, it's going to be uh, eight games. Eh, all right, I'll, I'll drop any appeal if and accept four games. Or if the NFL insists on a full year, whatever it is. Like, there's going to be possibly an appeal process, but there could be a settlement at any time. If there's no settlement, Judge Robinson reveals her final decision. And then the either side can appeal to Roger Goodell who will have the final say, or he appoints someone who has the final say. I don't think it ever gets to that point. Let's keep in mind, this is the first time under the new CBA that the NFL is utilizing this process of having this independent you know, arbiter, this Judge Robert Robinson, who is the uh, independent disciplinary officer. This is the first time they're using this in a case of a disciplinary issue of player suspension. What the NFL does not want to have happen and what they will not let happen is if they don't agree, whatever punishment she hands down, the NFL is not going to want to appeal it because they don't want to undermine her. The NFL does not want to say or give off any optics that this process doesn't work. They want to back Judge Robinson. They want to say, you know what? This process was great. We appoint this independent uh, arbiter. She makes the decision. We both uh, abide by the decision, and that's what it is. Deshaun Watson suspended for X amount of games. So whatever the punishment is, I think the NFL doesn't appeal it and stands by it. And the only way I think there's an appeal is if she comes back and says it's going to be a full year. Now, the longer this thing goes on, I do not think it's going to be a full year. In fact, I'm starting to think that it might actually be less than it might actually be less than eight games. See, I thought it was going to be half a season, but now I'm thinking this could be uh, this could be even less. You know, there's, it, it's interesting the way this is going. And I believe there was a, um, a, uh, I think Albert Breer was on a podcast talking about um, the, the Sean Watson thing and, and um, of the NFL network and saying that, you know, one of the accusers that, that 
they they did not admit like they they the the one of the accusers, the anonymous one, backed out of the the whole um you know case for the NFL. So I mean, with less of the accusers testifying and this just situation just gets dicier and dicier. And honestly, I think Deshaun Watson plays for a good part of this season. Yeah, I think he misses, you know, four to six games. But I think that's it. And we'll see Deshaun Watson play and play up the bulk of the season for the Cleveland Browns. Speaking of football, we will talk to Ben Brown from PFF coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Ice cold beers. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at Victory Heineken. Fear made better. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's a look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Uh, you know, taking a look at where we are in the NFL, and uh, obviously we're waiting on this Deshaun Watson news, and and if Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for uh, whether it's half a season, a quarter of the season, a full season. Ultimately, I, I'll repeat what I said last segment. I do think that the NFL does not want to appeal any ruling that comes down, so they don't want it to be known or the perception to be that this new format, you know, with the whole independent disciplinary officer, that it doesn't work. They want it to work. So whatever Judge Robinson rules, I think the NFL is just going to just say, accept it. So if it's less than eight, less than a full season, which I'm starting to really think it is going to be less than a full season, I think the NFL just accepts it. And then you look at the Cleveland Browns. And is this a playoff team if Deshaun Watson plays this year? And let's say he misses eight games. So it's the first eight games of the season. At the Panthers, home to the Jets, 
home to the Steelers, at the Falcons, home to the Chargers, at, uh, home to the Patriots, at the Ravens, and home to the Bengals. Those eight games, let's say they go four and four. We're just going to give them flat out four and four, okay? How many wins is it going to take to get to the playoffs? From that division, and just from the AFC as a whole, you'd say at minimum nine, right? I mean, 10 games won that division last year. Let's just call it nine wins. How do they get to nine wins? All right, we need five wins now for the rest of the season. With Deshaun Watson back, you have at the Dolphins, at the Bills, home to the Bucks, at the Texans, at the Bengals, home to the Ravens, home to the Saints, at the Commanders, and at the Steelers. Right away, you look at that schedule, favored against the Texans, Favored against the Commanders, favored against the Steelers, and then maybe the Dolphins, don't know, but dogs at Buffalo, possibly home dogs to the Bucks, dogs at the Bengals, and well, a home to the Saints, home to the Ravens, probably be favored against the Saints, and then the Ravens. We'll see what the Ravens are at that point. But we're looking at, I'd say, at least favored in four games down the stretch. Okay. So let's say they win those four games. You got to steal another win. And that's just if they go four and four in their first eight games. And you look at those first eight games, winnable game, at the Panthers, although I think with Baker, I think the Panthers have a really good shot at winning that game. Certainly a winnable games at home against the Jets and the Steelers. A winnable game at the Falcons. Home to the Chargers, home to the Patriots. You know, okay, difficult tests. At the Ravens, difficult. Home to the Bengals, difficult. At the Dolphins, you know, we'll see what happens this year with two in them. But this is a roster that people would argue is a playoff roster and for Deshaun Watson I know ESPN came out with like their list of um of uh quarterbacks right like their quarterback rankings and they had Deshaun Watson I believe it was ninth on the list and the reason being is because of um you know because they felt well, a little uncertainty is, you know, you don't know where, if he's going to play and whatnot and everything with there. But if you, if there was no suspension, I guess this is the thing that I'm, that I want to get to. If there's no suspension whatsoever, if none of this is looming for Deshaun Watson, you would argue on the list of quarterbacks, is he top five, top six? I don't think that's crazy to say when you consider the season that he had when we last saw him. 
So here's the list. They had Rodgers 1, Mahomes 2, Josh Allen 3, Brady 4, Joe Burrow 5, Stafford 6, Justin Herbert 7, Russell Wilson 8, Deshaun Watson 9, Dak Prescott 10. I think if there's no suspension or anything whatsoever looming over Deshaun Watson, I think he's above Russell Wilson. And I think that he's, man, I mean, honestly, I put Joe, I put uh, Justin Herbert above Joe Burrow, but I mean Watson had just an absolute ridiculous season the last time we saw him, right? Deshaun Watson in 2020 had 4,823 yards. 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. That's just unreal on the Houston Texans. He's got to be top six, top seven at the worst. So look at this roster with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. You bring in Amari Cooper now as your new number one wide receiver. Okay, you got Miles Garrett still, Jadevian Clowney on the defense, Denzel Ward, Newsom. I mean, this team is a this is a playoff roster with Deshaun Watson. So if he plays more than half the season, this team has a chance to win those games. And Uh, The more that this drags on, the longer this goes before we get any decision about disciplinary action, the more I think we're going to see Deshaun Watson play this year. If you asked me this weeks ago, it was obvious. I said Deshaun Watson's missing the entire season. When that New York Times article came out. I said, this is just, it's its damning for him. He's not playing. It's over. He's out for a year. He's out indefinitely. I looked at the way that Major League Baseball has handled the Trevor Bauer situation, and I just, I can't see Deshaun Watson playing. But then, you know, he's settling cases, paying off some of the women that, you know, would, wanted to accept the settlement and taking this thing to the, 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 the hearings. Again, there's no criminal charges at all. And while many would consider his actions to be immoral, does morality constitute being suspended from the NFL? That's the question that's being asked here, right? Was his conduct detrimental? And if these cases are going away, which most of them have, and the fact that this has taken so long, man, I'm starting to think that the the, uh, Judge Robinson is going to rule... uh, as favorable for Deshaun Watson 
as she can while still levying down some punishment. And I think we're going to get maybe a four to six game suspension for Deshaun Watson. And then he plays the majority of the season for the Cleveland Browns. I'm Scott Sandberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Still to come, we're going to talk to uh, Ryan Kramer from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Our very own Matt Humans will join me a little bit later on, get his thoughts on the Open Championship, see uh, who he thinks we should be placing our bets on for uh, the course at St. Andrews. This is The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg, right here on v the Sports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN will be broadcasting live from the NBA Summer League now through July 17th. Catch the Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, live from the NBA Summer League every weekday. We'll also have special guests, exclusive content, and live updates all throughout VSIN shows. For more, follow us at VSIN Live on Twitter and at VSIN Live on YouTube. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, we're in the middle of this um, baseball betting pentathlon going on right now where each show on this network and a couple of our um, baseball experts, Greg Peterson, Adam Burke, Wes Reynolds, um, are making five selections this week to determine, uh, you know, who's got the chops, who's the top baseball betting show, I guess, on on the network. Now, five games is such a small sample size, but these are the rules of the contest, so we have fun with it. Uh, I'm just a little confused about the scoring because we're going by units one. And, uh, well... Maybe I'm a little bit bitter. I know Mitch and Pauly were a little bit bitter about making their selections uh, yesterday. So, uh, Mitch and Pauly, if you're listening, uh, I- I'm a little bitter about something here. So, I'm 2-1 and one in the contest so far. I won my total pick that we had to give out on uh, Monday, which uh, that won. And then I won my favorite pick that we had to give out today, but I lost my underdog pick. I had the Rays in the first five innings, uh, plus 102. And I should have taken the Rays in the full game because the Rays did beat the Red Sox. They came from behind, but they were losing after five innings. So I lost the Rays in the first five innings. The Rays actually wound up beating the Red Sox. And I'm kicking myself because I was going back and forth. Do I want the Rays for the full game or do I want the Rays for the first five? The reason why, and, and look, the reason why the Rays won the game had nothing to do with the reason that I was going to bet the Rays to win the game. I was betting the Rays in this spot, backing Corey Kluber and fading Chris Sale. After watching Chris Sale, you know, tear up the clubhouse in his last rehab start, honestly, I didn't expect him to come out here and and pitch great. I also didn't expect him to go more than like three, four innings. I thought that they would really have a short leash on Chris Sale here in his first start back in over a year. Uh, and, um, well, Chris Sale was great. <laughs> There's no other way around it. The dude was fantastic. 
He goes five shutout innings. He struck out five. He only walked one batter. He threw 78 pitches, and the uh, Rays couldn't touch him. Corey Kluber, meanwhile, gives up two runs in the top of the fifth inning. So it's a bummer. Uh, I was hoping once it got to the fifth inning and it was um, scoreless, I said I was hoping that maybe I can get the push. But the Rays uh, were down 2 nothing after five. Rays score three runs in the bottom of the sixth inning to take the lead. And it always happens, right? When you bet a first five, the team takes the lead in the sixth inning. So the Rays win the game 3-2. to two. Uh, There were a couple of hosts here on Beeson that did take the Rays as their underdog pick to win the game fully, and uh, they wound up hitting. So I'm 2-1, and one, but yet I'm only up like 47 or whatever the scoring is because my one win was minus 115. My other win was minus 165. But I'm I'm just curious how the scoring works because, you know, there are hosts that lost bets here on Tuesday that were minus 152, minus 155, minus 140. And I just feel like you should get punished for losing a minus 155 bet. You shouldn't lose just one unit. You should lose 1.55. You see, when I make my bets and when I do my tracking of my bets and I track the play of the day and I track my overall betting, if I'm doing a one-unit scale, it's everything is, if you're betting a favorite, it's you're risking to win one unit, and on an underdog, you're risking one unit to win above one unit. I mean, that's just standard bookkeeping here. If I'm trying to win one unit, if I'm betting one unit on... The Yankees at minus 150, I'm risking 1.5 to win one. If I'm betting a unit on the Reds at plus 250, I'm risking one unit to win 2.5. See, I'd say I'm just a little confused by our scoring here. I feel like the hosts that lose the minus 150 bets should get punished. Otherwise, why did, I don't, I'll just take a minus 300 play, Right? If I'm not punished by losing it, then I'll just take the heaviest favorite on the board and just win, right? But I guess you'll win less. That's the point. Anyway, two and one moving forward, going to have to take, uh, I guess, a run line here on uh, Wednesday, and then we do a prop bet on Thursday. For those wondering in first place, it's odds on. Amal Shah, Mike Palm, they have gone three and oh in their selections, uh, hitting their over on Monday, hitting their favorite and their underdog here on uh, Tuesday. No other host has gone three and oh. Um, let's see. Yep, no other host, no other show has gone three and oh. They're the only three and oh show. Shows that have gone two and one are, let's see, um, myself. Myself has gone two and one. Oh. I'm trying to think of other than myself. See, I'm not, that, I'm not a selfish person. Uh, I believe Gil has gone two and one. Uh, Gil has gone two and one. And betting across America has gone two and one. And that's it. That is, um, nope, Greg Peterson has gone two and one. Greg Peterson with the bounce back, winning both of his bets here on Tuesday after losing his bet on Monday. So Greg Peterson has gone 2 and 1. Betting Across America has gone 2 and 1. Gill has gone 2 and 1 and I have gone 2 and 1 while Amal Mike Palm Odds On has gone 3 and 0. Oh. Uh the rest of the records here 
Uh, Adam Burke, one and two. Let's see. Um, the Nightcap, one and two. Danny Burke, Rush Hour, one and two. Let's see. Follow the Money has gone. Oh, Follow the Money's two and one. Follow the Money's two and one as well. Got to give those guys credit. They hit the Astros, two and one. Uh, let's see. Wes has gone one and two. Primetime action, one and two. So that's where we said no one's 0 and 3, which is good. No one is 0 and 3. We don't have any, any 0 and 3, which I'm very happy about because I might be a little concerned. There was an 0 and 3. So we got two more days left of this event. But now that I see the way that we're scoring this thing, I almost think game theory has to come into play. And it's like we talked about on last night's show. Should have taken the Reds. Should have taken the Reds. Again, if you're not punished for losing a minus 155 bet, just chase the biggest plus money. And the Reds were the biggest plus money on the board here. And they, it was a fluke, but they won. So, you know, it's, it's crazy. They, uh, they, they scored four runs in the top of the ninth inning, and they win the game. So, and that's, that would have been plus 2.55. As Ian tweets in, uh, betting a favorite was a $100 bet to bet yet less than 100 Yes, that's what it is. But I don't agree with that scoring. So, you know, it, it, you should be punished for losing a heavily juiced bet. That's just from my perspective. If you, if you lose a minus 180 bet, you should get punished for that. I understand that you're winning less, which is technically why my win doesn't count as much because my win was 165, so it doesn't count as much. That's okay. But I would have accepted my 1.65 loss had it lost. So if we're looking at you know the board here for uh, Wednesday, and it's got to be a run line, you know, I'm looking at whatever run line is going to give me the plus money. I'm going to chase the plus money because obviously, you know, the favorite, you're going to win less. So I got to chase some plus money here on the run line. But I'll tell you what right now. The Yankees are the bet for Wednesday. The, the Yankees and the run line's not going to pay you much. Run line right now on the Yankees is going to be minus 154, obviously. But... Not only have the Yankees lost, I believe it's three straight now, and that has not happened a lot this season. In fact, I don't think it's happened at all, really. Maybe it happened one other time this season where the Yankees lost three straight games. Uh, Happened one time, they lost two to Chicago and then one to Baltimore, so they lost three straight on May 22nd into May 23rd, but that was a doubleheader on May 22nd, where they got swept, and then they lost to Baltimore the following day, and that's it. And then they've lost three straight here to two to the Red Sox and one to Cincinnati. But you got Mike Miner on the hill here on Wednesday. Mike Miner, the guy who has given up four runs, six runs, four runs, four runs, two runs, three runs, five runs in his starts this season. Yankees are going to pound this guy. They're obviously the play on the run line. Although minus 154, that don't get me back in this competition. So we're going to have to chase some plus money. We'll go through the board coming up a little later on. But let's uh, talk to Ryan Kramer from the Sports Gambling Podcast coming up next. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge, presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season long. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It's the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, you know, when it comes to Major League Baseball, as we head to the All-Star break later on at the end of this week, starting next week, we have the All-Star break. Next week on the show, I'm going to go over um, where we are with each team in terms of their win total. Uh, I'm going to see William Hill had been posting. Let me check to see if they did it yet or they still do it. I don't think they have in a while, but they had posted updated win totals on teams. So I'd like to go over where each team is in the uh, season and where they're going to be. Maybe well, I got division odds, but I don't think there's any updated win totals. You see, maybe at the break here, they would do um, win totals. Uh, you know, it's fun. They do a they do a thirteen run pool. Right, and the uh, Giants were plus seventy five hundred in the thirteen run pool, and guess what? The Giants scored thirteen runs here on Tuesday. They won thirteen nothing against the Diamondbacks. You would have won the thirteen run pool. Anyway, next week we'll go over each team where they are in terms of their record compared to their preseason win total and what if we have any updated win totals are which bets we would make for the second half of the season also going to go over the awards market and talk about who i would give my seat now what i'm going to do is two parts i'm going to give out my mid-season awards so to this point who is my mvp in each league who's my Cy Young in each league, to this point. And I will also talk about who I like to win the award moving forward. For instance, the person that I think is the maybe the American League MVP 
of the first half might not be my bet to be the MVP at the end of the season. Obviously, you know, I could like somebody that's maybe has some odds down down the board. Same, you know, so we'll go over that next week on the program. But just looking right now at where the favorites are in the American League, your MVP favorite is Aaron Judge at plus 125. In the National League, it's Paul Goldschmidt, plus 105. Cy Young in the National League is Sandy Alcantara, minus 110. Cy Young in the American League is Shane McClanahan at plus 250. Rookie of the Year in the American League, Julio Rodriguez, minus 280. Rookie of the Year in the National League, Spencer Strider, plus 200. Those are your favorites right now for the awards. Your divisional favorites right now, New York Yankees in the East, it's minus 4,000. Uh, Twins in the Central, minus 130. Astros, minus 7,000 in the West. In the National League, Mets, minus 140 in the East. Brewers, minus 230 in the Central. Dodgers, minus 950 in the West. Let's focus in on the Mets here for a second. These two teams, Mets and Braves, will play once more here on Wednesday. The pitching matchup is going to be uh, Charlie Morton against Chris Bassett. Atlanta is a minus 155 favorite. Assuming Atlanta wins that game, the Braves would be a half game back of the Mets for first place in the division. The odds right now, Mets minus 140, Braves plus 120. So let's say it's a half game lead for the New York Mets. The final four games of the first half for the New York Mets will be against the Chicago Cubs in Chicago. The Mets should win all four of those games, theoretically. They will be favored in all of them. Carlos Carrasco, maybe Keegan Thompson, Carlos Carrasco. I don't don't know what the odds would be in that one. Uh, But you got Taiwan Walker, Marcus Stroman. Maybe that's a game on Friday that the, the, the Cubs could be maybe a favorite, but Max Scherzer against uh, Smiley on Saturday. The Mets will be heavily favored. And then uh, Peterson against Samson on Sunday. I assume the Mets will be favored as well. So they'll, they'll be favored to win those games. So Atlanta has the Nationals as their last four games before the break. And they will be favored in all of them. It's going to be... Uh, right against um, Anibal Sanchez, who's going to get a start, right? It's going to be Anderson against Corbin, Max Fried against Paolo Espino, and then Spencer Strider against an unknown starter for the Nationals on uh, July 17th, as I quietly pray for it to be Joanna Don. Um, (laughs) It's it's not. They sent him back down to the minors, but I'm calling him back up. Let him make one start before the All-Star break. The Nationals should sweep. I mean, the, the Braves should sweep the Nationals at the, end of the, at the end of the stretch here. More so, the Braves should sweep the Nationals than the Mets should sweep the Cubs. Like, maybe there's a chance Marcus Stroman pitches a great game against his former team and the Cubs steal that game. If that's the case, and this is also assuming that Atlanta wins here on Wednesday, At worst, I expect the Braves to be a half game back going into the break. At best, I think the Braves could be a half game up in first place. If the Braves are a half game up, would these odds switch? 
Would the Mets be plus 120? And would the Braves be minus 140? And even at this point, though, at minus 140 for the Mets, I think it's, it's, it's a great bet because the number is only going to get higher. I think when the Mets get Jacob DeGrom back, and it looks like he's coming back soon, he's coming back, and it's going to bolster this rotation to the point where the Mets will have two starters heavily favored every time they're on the mound with a chance to win the game two out of every five days. And with the way that Carrasco and Walker and Bassett have pitched this year, you add Jacob DeGrom to this rotation. And let's not even mention, we didn't even mention Tyler McGill, who is out as well. And I don't know if he's coming back anytime soon because he's uh, on the 60-day IL with this uh, shoulder strain. But DeGrom's the guy that, you know, we're, we're focused on. He's making a third rehab start for AAA Syracuse coming up on Thursday. Jacob DeGrom could be back after the All-Star break for the Mets. And this is a, um, this would be a team that you absolutely want to back for the rest of this season. Because all the wins that they had early in the season, those were not fluke wins. And yes, they hit a a stretch where they, it's not even like they played bad baseball. They just had a little bit of a slump while the Braves were out here winning double-digit games in a row. So the Braves had this incredible stretch while the Mets were just, you know, okay. But 54 and 34, and... The Braves, who have been great, 53-36 and right now. But the Mets, this is a team that's going to win over 90 games. And getting back to Grom or getting him to make his, you know, return here, his debut for this season, to Grom, Scherzer, Carrasco, Walker, and Bassett, that's your rotation right now? I, I just, I think this is the best bet to win this division. And I didn't even mention the Mets. First of all, Edwin Diaz has been great this year. I mentioned the stat with the Yankees losing today with a lead going to the ninth inning. The Mets are the only team in baseball this year that has not blown a ninth inning lead. Edwin Diaz has been great this year. The Mets will make a move at the trade deadline, if not multiple moves. There's going to be a big, a, a big bat that is added to this lineup and possibly a bullpen arm. Or even if they don't add a bullpen arm, you could have somebody like McGill come back, and now one of these starters, maybe it's a McGill, is pitching out of the bullpen? Because you're going to have six starters. Or maybe you go to six-man rotation to save DeGrom's innings or whatnot. I don't know, but the Mets are definitely going to be a buy-in team here at the All-Star break. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, 
365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.